Inside Vegas is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Inside Vegas podcast, as well as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Use promo code SGP50 to receive a 50% deposit bonus today. Inside Vegas is also brought to you by OddShark. OddShark has the latest betting trends available nowhere else, as well as betting picks from their supercomputer. Check out all of their quality content and betting trends at OddShark.com. What up, what up? CP here and happy Monday to everyone out there. Today is Monday, May 14th, and this is episode Sweet 16 for the Inside Vegas podcast. A little bit different today, riding solo. This episode is going to be a wrap-up of basically the niche markets that we covered and kind of some lessons learned and some stuff that can kind of you know, picking apart each episode and kind of picking things up that you can put into your day-to-day handicapping, whether or not that you decide to kind of invest in these other markets. And of course, I mean, the thing about this and, you know, lessons learned and stuff like that throughout this mini series has always been, you know, the volume, right? Like if somebody is going to sit there and bet NFL and MLB and NCAA and the NBA, do they have time to bet UFC, uh, tennis, golf, horse racing, WWE, small schools and division two, um, and everything that we talked about, um, and again, I can't sit here and tell you how to, you know, manage your time. And again, if you're a casual better than, you know, this stuff that is super kind of next level and in the trenches of day to day, you know, professional handicapping, it may not be for you, honestly. And it's not to say that you can't outsource it. Um, one of the articles that I wrote uh, recently for Sports Gambling Podcast, uh, which was about selling picks and kind of how you can get through the weeds of of kind of the scam artists out there. And again, there's nothing wrong with buying picks and. All you, you know, this is an information trade. It's an information based market. And that's all this really is. Um, but I just want to go through kind of each episode, talk about some lessons learned and how to apply it all. So again, thank you to every single guest that that um, came on the show uh, to make this kind of mini series what it was over the past uh, five episodes. I think it turned out great. Um, a lot of great feedback from you guys, which I can't tell you how much I appreciate and everything. Um, but let's just kind of go through it all. Uh, so starting with episode 10, had Daniel Levi on of Best Fight Picks uh, for UFC. And shout out to them cashing two uh, max bets this weekend. And again, this is a tout service. And when we talk about touts, you know, the connotation has always been that they're automatically scam artists, that they're this or that. And when we talk about people who tout the right way, um, what makes it different is they're not the real, the real good people who sell picks. There's one big difference to me. Um, and it's that they're selling you what they are actually betting on. They're not just creating a card, um, you know, for their quote unquote clients on Twitter and, and this and that of, you know, that market is getting so watered down. And again, I, I know that I am in that market. I mean, I'm going to open myself up to kind of that stuff of people, whatever negative things that people want to say. Um, but what makes, again, somebody like Daniel Levy great who does this is uh, he's selling you his personal selections. Trust me, I've known him for uh, a long time. He's a, he's absolutely one of the, he's his opinion on UFC is probably who I uh, trust the most outside of my own because UFC is one of, you know, kind of my niche market that I love to do. Um, 
and again, uh, so just going back and forth with him, what I know personally is that he's selling his own picks. And again, speaking as a whole to this kind of tout industry, um, that's what separates the real people from the fake ones. Anyone can sit there and create a card, but if they're not betting it themselves, do you really want to trust it? You know, it's like going to a financial advisor, uh, but their money's not in the stock uh, that they're telling you to buy or whatever the case may be. Um, but with UFC, again, the theme of this niche markets that was overwhelming was when it becomes a one-on-one sport, be it golf, tennis, um, horse racing, even though hey, that's an animal, not a sport, but um, whatever it is, when it becomes a one-on-one thing, the the best part of it is you have to you only have to handicap one person right and again you can get into that person's mind whatever but it's the outside you know for tennis it is the surface for UFC it is the stylistic matchups of what kind of you know how each fighter is going to react to what the other person stylistically is going to try to do um, so that was kind of one of the overall lessons learned is that even though the the niche markets are mostly one on one or, you know, handicapping one person instead of a team, the good thing is, is it eliminates variance. And again, I've talked about this uh, ad nauseum to you guys about how I, 95% of my baseball bets are the first five market because I want to uh, eliminate as much variance as I can of bullpen blowouts. And that's, you know, there's, you have to kind of pick and choose your spot with that because teams that have great bullpens, it may help you. You know, it seems like the Yankees may be a better full game bet than a first five, but for the most part, you know, attaching onto pitchers and doing it that way. But it all comes full circle when you're talking about UFC. Um, and again, this market is, uh, it's a sharp market. There's no doubt about it. There's a reason that limits are kept at $100 on openers. And these lines will move $3, $4 uh, from open until uh, they're close. It's just, it's a very sharp market and it can be exploited. Um, but the overall takeaway from UFC is just that it's one-on-one. And I think that that's a great opportunity to kind of only have to focus on one fighter versus one fighter. And again, these people today that live such public lives, um, their Instagram accounts, their Twitter accounts, all the stuff is public knowledge. And you can kind of see uh, what, you know, where people are training, what kind of mindset they're in. Are they really into it? Um, are, are they there for a paycheck? And, you know, so you can kind of, you know, stock is the wrong word, but you can kind of handicap it that way. It's just a completely different handicap handling uh, or handicapping a person rather than a team, you know? So I thought that one, um, UFC was was absolutely great in that regard in that when it, at its core of person to person, I think that can be very profitable in eliminating variants. But uh, episode 11, uh, with tennis, with the white whale. And again, we talked a little bit about this in the UFC episode, uh, UFC recap that we just did, but this one all comes down to surface and it's crazy. Uh, tennis is a crazy market for lack of a better term, because there are so many allegations of match fixing and everything that goes into that. And there's just no way to handicap who is being paid to fix matches, this or that. And we all talked about this at length, that how you know you can look at what kind of events that a particular tennis player has coming up, if the payout in the purse is bigger than that one. And you know, uh, again, that one was fascinating to me in that there were so much outside things because you would think, and you know, this is what comes down to person in person. It's hard for a team to kind of fix a match if or a game if not everyone is in on it, right? And uh, so tennis and UFC are kind of, they're both one versus one, one person versus one person. And so uh, again, this one's difficult for me to because I know very little about it. But in speaking with him and kind of what we learned, just be careful. Um, there's a lot more stuff coming out with match fixing. Um, and I think that Whale talked about some great other ways to kind of play these live underdogs um, in that when an underdog wins, it usually, or uh, at least gives, you know, a, a good match against the favorite, the overs usually come in and hit. And again, feel free to go back and listen to that. That one was episode 
11, but just some different ways to attack, you know, the market instead of uh, money line plays and stuff like that. You know, there's sets, um, over games, under games, all that type of stuff. Episode 12, Brady Cannon. This one was my favorites because Brady's passion for golf was just, it came through so much. And again, he kind of reminded me that this is supposed to be fun. And this is one of the best professions in the world uh, in handicapping sports full time. And because of that, uh, you know, especially with the players uh, tournament happening this past weekend, um, Tiger Woods looking like he was back and then Tiger Woods himself. Um, I personally don't think that he'll ever win another tournament. I've been on record saying that and I've gotten some stuff for it. Uh, I just, I think he's done. I don't, uh, and I just don't see it. But um, the winner of that looks like it's going to be Webb was about 80 to one pre-tournament. So with these huge payouts, I mean, you can take, you know, in theory, if a 40 to one wins, you can take 30 bets. in. if one of them wins, uh, you're going to be up, right? But Brady was talking about how we kind of attacked the his golf handicapping uh, via matchups. And I think that's a great kind of way to, again, it is so hard to pre-tournament to see who is in what form or what kind of surface it is or the weather and this and that. Um, so that was more matchup based, which I think is really the way to attack golf, uh, much like we'll get into with horse racing that we talked about. Um, but when you can eliminate variance, which is the whole key to this whole kind of niche market thing, um, it makes it one golfer versus one golfer. Um, so I think that the big takeaway from golf is, of course, have your fun with your long shots. Um, you know, if you want to pick a couple golfers to win or the top 10, whatever that may be. But I think that the the overall takeaway with Brady was that he, he was very into the matchups. And I couldn't agree with him more because, again, handicapping one person versus one person is a lot easier than handicapping 11 versus 11. Um, so again, thank you for Brady for that one. Uh, episode 13, Horse Racing with Monique. One of my favorite people on Twitter, as always. And Monique, the question I always had to ask is, how do you possibly handicap a four-legged animal? And this kind of came up without our, for the Kentucky Derby. Of course, you know, the Horse Racing Super Bowl uh, with Justify winning and the sixth straight year of the favorite coming in. Um, again, this one, I want to talk about matchups again because outside of the long plays or whoever you think you know, your tries, your exotic bets, whatever your exact is, all that stuff. I think eliminating variance is the absolute best way to go in this sport. And when now that most books have matchups uh, for particular horses, and you can do this a couple different ways. You can fade or, you know, put your money on a horse in a couple different matchups. It's not limited to just say justify versus good magic. Then you had justify versus uh, my boy Jack. Um, so if you think a horse is going to run a race, a great race, and you don't want to, or you don't, you're not really familiar enough to put, you know, your try boxes, your exactas, all those exotic type of bets in, uh, take a couple stabs at a matchup of backing a horse against, you know, someone that's kind of in his similar price odds range. The most I think I saw was a minus 170 um, on the matchup. So most of these are all in the minus 120 to minus uh, 140 range. And again, I fully realize that Justify paid out, you know, three to one as the favorite. Uh, so, which is obviously a lot more appetizing to betters, but had he, you know, had he not beaten good magic and you had picked Justify in a couple of different matchups, my boy, Jack, uh, Magna Moon, all that stuff, you still would have cashed. So it's just a safety net. Um, and I think it's a little bit safer of a way to, uh, bet horses, honestly. I mean, uh, again, horse racing is one of those things that has a little bit of a negative connotation because it, it's, it's enthralled in such a world of degeneracy and people in sports books betting random, random horse races around the world from 7am, uh, until close. And, you know, the dads taking their kids to the tracks and, you know, losing the, the rent money, the mortgage, all this stuff is, that's been played out, you know, in movies and everything else. 
real horse racing handicapping isn't like that. It is meticulously planned and it is literally handicapping an animal. Um, and nobody's better than that, in my opinion. Uh, then Monique of, again, covers uh, America's Best Racing. Um, you guys know where to find her at Twitter, on Twitter at Parlay Queen. Next one, episode 14, WWE betting with Billy Bahati. One of my favorite topics. Again, what we tried to do to kind of bridge the gap of people who have such a disdain for the product because it is, I mean, make no mistake, it's a predetermined outcome. Um, it's no different than you going to the movies and watching Avengers for three hours. That's what people who watch WWE enjoy the product the same way. And, you know, nobody of age is sitting here telling you that WWE is real. It's an entertainment product, right? But what has happened because it has become so popular is that outlets offshore, and especially within the UK, are offering lines on it. And it's lines on predetermined outcomes. Um, and so we made this kind of comparison to insider trading. And again, make no mistake, if this was a stock market and there was regulations and rules to sports gambling, betting and having the information that Billy Bahati does would be considered insider trading. There is no doubt about that. And I feel so strongly about that, that more people aren't betting into this market um, Again, think of it as watching your favorite show, but you have the script and someone's letting you bet on it. If you have that outcome, again, you don't have to you don't have to watch something to invest in it. And I can't say that enough. And we've went through this so many times on you know kind of how we can uh, bridge this gap of WWE, you know, making it people seem make it look like an investment uh, rather than you know you're a nerd or you're a geek because you're watching WWE because you have money on it. I know how that sounds at the surface, but at the end of the day, um, again, we talked about what happened with, with WrestleMania. There was a ten to one underdog and a uh, four to one underdog uh, that came in or 14 to one, something like that. Um, and if you had bet both of them, I mean, again, guys, there's stories out there which are completely real um, of people winning twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 betting WWE because they got that inside information off of parlays because you can parlay some of these, especially in the UK. Um, I've heard different things on it, five dimes does it or not. I personally bet WWE on five dimes and I have parlayed them before. Um, but again, as Billy touched on, eventually your things are going to get limited um, and they're going to kind of take away uh, some stuff that you can do. Um, so it all comes down to outlets. And again, Billy is a, a great source for making some extra money within a market that maybe you never thought of to look into before. And again, the big takeaway of the WWE betting episode to me was that just because you don't want to watch something or you don't enjoy it doesn't mean that you should shun it because it just, if, you know, imagine if it's so profitable. I personally, you know, are you all about ego or do you want to make money? And to me, the, the question doesn't even have to be asked. Um, so I really, really I want to thank Billy for that one. I hope you guys really do. Just give it a shot. Um, again, I, I have no skin in the game. I'm not trying to sell Billy's picks or anything like that. It's just he is, uh, I, I'm speaking from experience, the best person I know in a market. Um, and as a market as small as that one, uh, it's very profitable. So again, thank you to Billy Bahati for that. And then wrapping up this uh, mini-series, we had Jeff Nadu of Sportsbook Review on to talk small school college basketball. And again, these, these markets are a little bit intertwined in that, you know, if there is Duke, North Carolina on, do you really want to watch Hofstra and, you know, uh, you know Mississippi Valley? Uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I get that. But again, just because you don't have it on or you don't want to watch it doesn't mean that the market's not profitable. And again, I want to make this clear. I'm not sitting here trying to um, tell you to buy picks from Daniel Levy for UFC, uh, for Brady Cannon, for golf, uh, Monique, Billy, or Jeff. And a couple of those guys and girls were free. Some of them are paid content providers. Some of them are touts. 
there's nothing wrong with how anyone kind of makes their living and all this stuff. And again, Jeff posted his Twitter on his Twitter, his whole college basketball season for free over the past uh, college basketball season, betting these small time division one, a double a FCS division two, uh, all this stuff. Uh, and it was very, it, you know, it worked out very well for him. He did very well. I don't have the record off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I probably should have, uh, but I know it was very well. It was upwards of like 20, 30 units, something like that. Uh, and so again, this all goes back to just because you don't have a, a vested interest in the product doesn't mean that you can't investment and make an investment in each different market. And I think that it's a weird thing to tell somebody, you know, or for you as a, a casual better or, you know, uh, somebody who does this as a second income, as their primary income, whatever the case may be, that, you know, to kind of go away from what they know works because everyone bets football, everyone bets college basketball in the, the main Bluebird programs. Everyone bets, you know, NBA, hockey, whatever, whatever, and then all those sports. But I think it's it's important to look at all markets and everything available to you because there's so many unique things about this. You know, the small school handicapping, one topic that came up was the lack of ticket count, which is the exact same thing uh, with WWE because fading the public is very real, right? Well, if there's only 100 tickets on Mississippi Valley versus uh, Hofstra, well, that kind of contrarian mindset that you know people like Sports Insights and a good friend of the podcast, Josh Applebaum, puts out there, it can't really be utilized because that philosophy needs kind of more tickets and you know reverse line movement, all that stuff uh, that you may not get uh, with these Division II schools. Uh, and again, with WWE, there is no ticket count. <laughs> that, that really doesn't exist. So it's all about kind of honing your craft and learning more about your market. Uh, or the market that you want to invest in because they all overlap. You know, fading the public is as real in uh, maybe, you know, football as is baseball or basketball, right? But fading the public in UFC isn't always profitable um, or fading the public in tennis, golf, um, or small schools. So you have to, you know, all of these things are just tools and different things that as time goes on, you'll kind of learn more and more about and kind of everything into the markets uh, that you may not have thought about. Um, and again, I want to thank all of them. We're going to get to that. And as well, we are also going to talk about what's next for the Inside Vegas podcast and kind of where we're going to take it. Uh, but before that, I want to thank mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas podcast, as well as Odd Shark. Odd Shark has tips and trends from their supercomputer, as well as great picks you cannot find anyone else, anywhere else, rather. Uh, so again, thank you to Odd Shark and mybookie. So what is, what is next for the Inside Vegas podcast, right? I want to, we're going to keep the the kind of grouping together of episodes, but we're not going to, you know, constantly pump out kind of three to five episode miniseries anymore. Um, and again, this, I've always said this podcast, I want to kind of be the voice of uh, social media and, you know, quote unquote, gambling Twitter and everything that that encompasses. But at the end of the day, I also want to kind of bring a, a Vegas vibe to that and kind of cross the two worlds. So for the next couple episodes, we're going to be looking more into Vegas. Again, the last five episodes were more social media driven uh, than anything. And again, besides uh, Brady Cannon, uh, who does in fact live in Las Vegas, but everything else is kind of, any, everyone else was kind of an extension of the social media player uh, profiles that we did, kind of bringing those to life and everything like that. Um, but we're going to take a little more of a, of a human element and everything that goes on inside Vegas. For See what I did there? But everything and everyone um, that makes Vegas in the sportsbook industries go round. 
So some things upcoming. Again, one of my favorite episodes that we ever did. Again, I know the short history of the show uh, with Tom Jewell, episode, uh, I believe it was four or five. Um, it was a two-part episode of The Risk Manager. So we're looking at um, getting some odds makers on here, both offshore and in Las Vegas, to talk about the differences. Um, and one question that I can't wait to ask is kind of why they're needed, because everything is outsourced now. The risk managers move the lines. Um, and again, outside of specific companies like the South Point in Las Vegas, not everyone makes their own lines anymore. So um, I want to, one kind of group of episodes coming up will be uh, sports books. Everything from Ticket Writer to Risk Manager was obviously already done, uh, but to Oz Maker and everything that goes into kind of making a sports book. Legalization episodes are coming up. Uh, prop swap episodes are coming up. Stuff that um, is inside the hub of Las Vegas and sports gambling. Um, so again, absolutely want to, that's kind of what's coming up next for this podcast. And again, I can't thank you guys enough for everything that has been um, said, the reviews, rated iTunes, um, everything. Again, I cannot thank you guys enough for all the kind words and everyone that's been reaching out. Um, secondly, I want to thank every guest that came on this mini series show that kind of made it what it was. And again, that's Daniel Levy of Best Fight Picks uh, for UFC handicapping at Best Fight Picks on Twitter. I want to thank the White Whale for tennis. Um, he's on Twitter at Whale Capper, Brady Cannon, uh, Los, at Las Vegas Golfer, uh, Horse Racing at with Mar uh, Monique at Parlay Queen, WWE Betting is at Dirty Sheets Sports, and Small cool School College Basketball with Jeff Nadu of Sportsbook Review, um, the big man on campus, controversial guy, but I absolutely love him, uh, at Jeff Nadu on Twitter. And again, guys, thank you all so much. Um, I'm happy... Um, to announce that again, less uh, inside Vegas podcast is going to be taking more of a, a look inside Vegas for lack of a better term and everything to do with Las Vegas sports betting will be kind of the theme that's going to be driven for the next couple episodes. And as always, if you guys want to see a specific guest or anyone inside Las Vegas or social media interviewed and, and kind of pick their brain and stuff like that, please reach out to me on Twitter at Christian Pina or at sports gambling podcast. Again, thank you to everyone who came on the show. And as always, please rate, subscribe and review on iTunes. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.